This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. September 8, 1986. I'm Oprah Winfrey. And welcome to the very first National Oprah Winfrey Show! Oprah Winfrey's local talk show in Chicago launches into national syndication. Here's the Washington Post two months later. She's big. Really big. If she gets any bigger, she'll have to go to widescreen TV. She's Oprah Winfrey. Zoftig gab queen. Soaking up the bubble bathos of life and threatening to send poor, yacked-out Phil Donahue into video menopause. That's how a lot of the talk about Oprah went in those days. If it was unusual to see a black woman hosting a national TV show, it was even more of an outlier that she was big. And even more unusual than that, she talked about it. Here she is on that first national show. But two things have bugged me for years. The first, my thighs. The second, (laughs) the second, my love life. Now, both of those things might have been changing. In the summer of 1986, she'd met Stedman Graham, a marketing and PR man she's been with ever since, and she told the Post she'd taken up jogging. She wanted to lose weight, she said, because Stedman had an incredible body. All of this was worrying to some people, though not to Oprah. The thinking was that Oprah was the best friend, the dorm counselor, the neighbor who barges through your front door, goes straight to your fridge and grabs some cheese whiz and you love her for it. You could tell her all about your terrible love life or the 40 pounds you'd lost and gained right back because she'd been there. She could relate. A slimmed down, glammed out, crazy in love Oprah just wouldn't work, would it? Of course it would. She was 32 years old, a former beauty queen who'd been born in small town Mississippi and raised in Nashville. She'd worked in TV news there and in Baltimore, but it didn't work out. Her bosses didn't like her wide nose or her long hair. They sent her to get a perm, and famously, she's told this story a thousand times, her hair fell out. Every last strand. She hit her stride in 1984 when she became the host of a terrible TV show. AM Chicago was one of those half-hour talk shows local station news departments make. It was last in the ratings when Oprah took over. A month later, it was first. She went head-to-head with Phil Donahue, the king of the daytime talk shows at the time, and she beat him. The show was renamed The Oprah Winfrey Show. How'd she do it? She liked to say it wasn't her big thighs. In December of 86, three months after she went national, she was on 60 Minutes telling Mike Wallace what makes her tick. I have a gift. I understand that it's a gift to be myself in front of the camera. I am as comfortable in front of the camera as I am breathing. The first day I did it, I came off the air and I said, this is it. In 1985, Quincy Jones had seen her show in Chicago and suggested her for a part in a movie he was producing, The Color Purple. Six months before her talk show went national, she'd sat in the audience at the Academy Awards, nominated for Best Supporting Actress. 
she lost out to Angelica Houston. Other than weight, it was a rare loss for Oprah, who built a media and business empire around her show, becoming one of the world's richest, most famous, and most influential women. She's reported to have been the first African-American multi-billionaire and the richest African-American of the 20th century. She was part of the boom of daytime talk shows that started in the mid-80s. While the genre often tended toward tabloid TV, Oprah's show became more and more personal, focused heavily on self-improvement. She turned her show into a book club, which made any book she chose an instant bestseller. She wasn't without controversy, especially her promotion of some non-scientific or even anti-science ideas about healthcare. But since she burst onto the scene more than 30 years ago, she's consistently been at or near the top of those lists of most admired women, most admired Americans, most admired people. She ended her talk show in 2011, but she's still the CEO of her media conglomerate, Harpo Inc. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.